When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Once again, the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast, the only Scottish football podcast that recognised Dundee's failure to beat Motherwell in the last eight games in the, in the way that Rory Deacon requests. Uh, I'm Graham Phyllis, and once again, once again, in Glasgow's leafy Southside, albeit possibly for the last time in my living room. And I'm fortunate to be joined, first of all, by Andy Harum. Hello, Hi, Andy. Yeah. Hi, Graham. And in addition, I'm just as fortunate to be joined by Tom Watt. Hello, Tom. Hello. Are we all well? Yeah, very good. Everybody in one piece, surviving. Good. Just about, just about. <laughs> it's all we can really hope for. <sighs> um, after a hot take, hot take extravaganza on Thursday, which I think are all still relevant. I think everything yeah, still makes good. sense, um, and it's still very much, very much worth a listen. As Duncan Mackay joined Andy and myself here in Glasgow. Um, today uh, we're back to our regular programming, which is a review of the weekend's action. Uh, so we'll start off um, at the Spaghetti Had and go Livingston now Rangers 3 with goals from Ryan Jack, Ryan Kent and Alfredo Morelos. Yeah, it looks like uh, Gerard's learned his lesson from last week, <laughs> isn't it? Or middle of last week. Uh, he's obviously dropped the phone. Davis realised that that formation doesn't suit Rangers at the moment. Uh, Barisic came in as well. Um, Katic was back. Uh, McCrory was back as well so the the team just had a lot better balance, a lot better shape um, they understood where they're playing and they pretty much just steamrolled Livingston, like, there's not many teams that have been to Livingston all season and won as comfortably as uh, Rangers managed. I thought it was kind of funny yeah. I mean, all the way throughout the season I don't, I don't, I don't think people have been expecting Livy to their bubble to Boston, I don't mm. think it's their bubble to Boston in any way at all but it was the first time that you've seen a team really give Livingston a bit of a doing. Um, as it was, it was three nothing. Could have gone several more than that as well. And I, again, as you say, the the, the revert, revert, Rangers reverting to the team uh, that went and, and took on Celtic before mm. Christmas, with the exception of, of Katic in there as well. Um, they just look so much better for. Them. They look, as you say, so much more aggressive. Um, and I thought Candias had a really good game in there as well. And I thought Morelos, as a lone striker. Stood out an awful lot more than he did against Kilmarnock, where he was a bit subdued. I think that's a, a huge part of that as well. Um, and Morelos in general, throughout the game, I thought it was just absolutely brilliant. Um, again, continues to highlight how or highlight why there are 
seven or eight figure bids depending on who it is <laughs> depending on how you count numbers um, those are entirely plausible it's entirely possible that those are things that can appear for him um, and in the end by the time he got his goal it was at 15 minutes to go it almost looked like a weight off his shoulder because mm-hmm. there was the one that he hit the post from the ball from Candias. Yeah. Um he was off celebrating. You could see which is <laughs> always 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 a great thing to see when a player sort of catch, catches himself a bit too early going. Um but he was just looking just a little bit frustrated so to grab a goal when he did I thought was, was really really good as well. Yeah just in terms of Rangers they missed that width against uh, Kilmarnock and that was one of the big problems and one of the reasons why they struggled to create chances uh, even though they had a lot of possession in the second half especially against Kilmarnock didn't really do that much with it the fact that um, they brought Candace back in um, they had Kent out wide as well um, who's kind of good form continues Barisic was back in and him and Tavernier are still able to kind of gallop down the wing and they can obviously put in really good balls as well and Morelos knows how to operate as a lone striker and like you say there's that wee bit more freedom where he can do that he's not kind of hamstrung by getting into maybe some of the same positions that a second striker is getting with him um, it does work the, the bringing in Defoe helps Rangers potentially because it gives them another option if that 4 3 that they're playing isn't working it gives them a, another way to go or if you know Morelos is a bit out of form they've now got somebody they can, they can come in to replace him but it did seem a bit naive Chucking Defoe straight in there and upsetting that balance when it, it you know previously looked pretty good eventually. Um, I mean, I, I think they did. They almost did to Livy what Kelly set out to do to them, and they just pressed them into making so many mistakes. They were pressing them high up the pitch. I mean, the, the Light Rangers were doing at the the tail end of last year as well, but they were they absolutely swarmed all over them in the midfield and were winning the ball back really high up the pitch. And then if you've got someone like Morelos. Uh, who was linking play really, really well, and bizarrely, the weakest part of his game is finishing for a guy who has, is the top scorer in the league. And it's, you know, it's not—it's not a terrible part of his game. He just—it's almost like that's the last part of his game missing. And if he could get that, then he would probably have, you know, an extra five or six goals a season, easy. Um, yeah, it's the balance of midfield with McCrory in there as well because. Arfield gives you legs all day and McCrory just gives you a little bit more running than, than Davis is going to do which then allows Jack you see each one of them just going one after another two and going and pressing the ball and it, as you say I, I thought they were, I thought it was it was really impressive um, less impressive perhaps was um, Liam Kelly um, who it was not I mean, Liam Kelly's been very good I, I obviously don't want to just slate someone for a single bad performance he's been very good all season but he did not have a good day at all no I mean the the um, first goal especially was obviously a big clanger it, it was one of those games where it was probably going to come anyway so in yeah. that sense it maybe wasn't such a big issue it wasn't like it was against it on a plane they've he's let one let one through his fingers but yeah not not his greatest day at the office yeah I mean the, the, the only thing I guess you could say is for a, a characteristic of Gerard's teams have been if they're frustrated they do tend to it does tend to show and the pressure was off pretty 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 uh, pretty quickly because of Jack's I mean it, it, he hit it well enough but it it was weird it did look like it stopped and then yeah. speeded up I don't know yeah, if it yeah. was the pitch I don't know if that played a part in it but yeah I mean like we said we've kind of been praising Liam Kelly all season for for what he's done and you can't really pick on him too much but it was a pretty good F- good physics thing. is difficult to understand it is physics is a challenge especially in Livingston yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the only other things to say, Ryan Kent really fucking hit that didn't he he did 
<laughs> yeah, it was like you could see him charging up. Yeah. It's like he stops in midair to charge up, like some sort of like Dragon Ball Z character or something. Hits it. Yeah, stayed hit. Yes, very much so. And then the on the the third goal as as well for Ar- I thought Arfield he gives a look just before he he's sort of screaming for the ball. And he just gives this look and is well aware of exactly where Morales is. And then just, it's a, I thought it was a really smashing bit of play for a really quick turn and quick pass from him because he's already pictured it and he's like, he knows he's there, he knows the space is there. They drag Livingston all over the, the right hand side and the, right, the Rangers' left hand side. And Morales, I, I, I was kind of weird, like, how have you got so much space? Like, this, is very, this is a very un Livingston sort of kind of day that you've ended up there in that much space, but yeah, good. There's a good deal of social media seethe over from Livingston as well over not just being referred to as playing Rangers or something like that first of all, but you know not getting a penalty late on, which probably was a penalty. But you know, okay, you lose three one. Yeah, that, that, that was uh, a couple, couple, couple of things I wanted to mention was that uh, was was it a penalty from Warrell and Tiffany? I think so. Yeah, probably, probably. It's not the most. I mean, yeah, it's not like absolutely ridiculous decision. You know, yeah. that we've seen some of we've seen some of the yeah. season, but it probably was a penalty. Yeah, but. You know, so, so I mean, three 0 three one. Yeah, absolutely. And then again, as you're talking with social media, seed, uh, we also had the celebration police uh, steaming <laughs> interview, uh, which is always good. It's always good to see the celebration police deciding what uh, what's okay to be happy about, and what's <laughs> not okay. Yeah. The important thing to remember is that football is a serious game, <laughs> and no one should show any joy from it. So yeah, it's nice to hear from all the celebration police. So thanks for getting back in touch. Um, any more for uh, on? No, I mean just I suppose that Livingston are in a wee bit of a a lull uh, they've not won a five in the league they've only scored twice in that period and they were both Ryan Hardy who wasn't starting yesterday yep. um, that's maybe a wee bit of a concern not really in the long term probably for this season because of the, the gap between them and the, the bottom three but, but a wee bit of a short term concern obviously Menga works hard and kind of presses defenders but he's not a mm-hmm. natural finisher uh, and they're Erskine up front or, or kind of supporting him as a kind of number ten and Erskine, you know what Erskine's like, and he's, he's, he's is, he, is Chris Erskine cursed? <laughs> <laughs> this is something that's crossed my mind during the week, during the day to day. I was like, Will Chris, Chris Erskine will ever win a game of football again? <laughs> Possibly not. <laughs> well, I mean, for Livingston's sake, you'd hope he would, but um, yeah. but yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not a major concern, like I say, but it's they're starting to be a bit. They've probably ago, done yeah. enough. I mean, they yeah. have. They yeah. have seem to have been relegated into Motherwell's League of Their Own yeah. um, which or Motherwell have been promoted well we won so I'm going to say we got promoted we got promoted uh, <laughs> yeah out of your own league yeah, um, yeah, but you, yeah they have uh, what one in, one in seven yeah. it's they've done well at the start of the season they'll be fine yeah. but uh, uh, yeah the momentum's gone a bit I've mentioned this later on as well but the, the fact that Motherwell are now three points behind them seems almost unfathomable um, from a Motherwell perspective but I'll get on to that later um, then after that we'll head to the, the earlier game on Sunday which was St Mirren 1 Hibernian 3 um, and Eddie May can't have been happy with Eddie May's team's first half performance <laughs> yeah. it's like him and the rock yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah Eddie, Eddie May uh, very very insistently talking about himself in the third person which I'm all for yeah um, I'm kind of curious as well. This, uh, this is a, a question to everyone, but uh, anyone that's listening, does anyone particularly like Eddie May? Because <laughs> he's not particularly fondly remembered at Falkirk. He's certainly not particularly fondly remembered at Motherwell. Like he doesn't particularly 
Pretty fond of his time at Falkirk. Yeah, not the yeah. Very odd. Very all. We'll get on. To, we'll speak about the game first, then we'll speak about what else is happening at Hibs as well. He goes from Simeon Jackson putting St. Mellon ahead, and then Ollie Shaw equalising Darren McGregor. Uh, speaking of hitting footballs, Darren McGregor hit one, and then Stevie Mellon scored the goal from inside the box. Yeah, weird. so really, a, really a, a all round very odd day for Hibernian. But uh, yeah, what are we writing? Um, I was start at the beginning. I thought St. Mellon were pretty decent, especially in the first half. I mean, they, they were. They were a hell of a lot better than they have been almost at any point this season. <laughs> um, Brad Lands looked good. Simeon Jackson looked good. Callum Castro looked good. Um, they put Hibs on the back foot. Scored. Um, like They opened up Hibs a, a couple of times in the first half. And then early in the second half probably should have scored again. Yeah. Um, the, I think both teams look decent going forward. Both teams look pretty horrendous at the back. But I think from the from the first half, St. Mirren can can take a bit of. I mean, a little bit like Dundee must feel in the Motherwell yeah. game. You know, the, the the performance was there, but just the, the kind of lesser quality all over the pitch can maybe told in the end. Um, Hibs much better in the second half. They still don't look like a totally functioning unit, and they don't really seem to. Like Eddie May is not going to be there long term, obviously. But like Ryan Gold looked pretty lonely, stuck out on the wing. That looked like a big. Huge gaps between the strikers and the and the midfield, um, and Gray just seemed to be on a one man mission to get sent off <laughs> for nothing challenges. Mm. But you know they, they they showed a bit of resilience in the second half. Um, Ollie Shaw made a massive difference. Came on and scored within ten minutes. Set up Malins, yeah. um, and he does seem to be a little bit more. Looks like he's got a bit of fire in his belly. Just, just on Ollie Shaw. Shaw's been a, a, a part of the Hibs team for a good couple of years now, and nobody seems a lot. Hibs, if, if, it's, if it's a youth player coming through your team, you'll always be an awful lot more supportive of them because they came from your team and you, there's a connection there. Just still, nobody seems to have that about Ollie Shaw, particularly, and I've never really understood why. I mean, Ollie Shaw has scored goals for Hibs in, in cup semi finals, um, ultimately didn't win them, but against got them, got them back in games. Has scored some big goals. Has scored in the Edmund Derby. But again, nobody really seems to have taken particularly to <laughs> it. Is it? Is it? Just me. Like, is he continues to score goals and, as you say, set up Malin as well? Is it only shot good or not? Well, <laughs> I think I think that's the problem, isn't it? That nobody is entirely sure whether he's good enough. You know, you'll get um, Hearts fans kind of clamouring for Morrison or whatever because yeah. he's kind of shown flashes where he looks really good, uh, so you can understand Hearts fans wanting him to to play. But sure. He was really good at the weekend when he came on, but in other games he's played, he's either been totally anonymous or missed really good chances. And like you say, in other games he's scored, he's, he's as patchy as you would expect from a young player. But for whatever reason, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't, doesn't get, get that, that massive lead, yeah, yeah, or doesn't get that leeway yeah. that all youth players, all young players, and it's, and it's maybe because of who he's kind of behind. You know, certainly last season, obviously. Um, Camberry and McLaren especially when they came in you know Hibs fans really took to them because they were so successful bringing in Shaw and replacing one of them isn't that exciting when you've got those two guys playing this season I think they've, you still would be looking at those two to um, yeah, the, the line and, want, yeah. and, and to try and uh, 
work their way into some form and even even when Shaw's come in he, he maybe hasn't done enough over the course of 90 minutes to kind of prove that he's quite good enough and certainly maybe not as a, a lone striker certainly um, but you know that that's going to give him a bit of confidence that he can come in and affect a game because that's one thing that hasn't happened is that he's he's affected games in the kind of wider sense other than just scoring the only yeah. goal here and there uh, and he definitely did that yesterday and yeah I mean you get to take positives out uh, uh, Stevie Marlon looking better as well in the second half like he managed to find a bit of space um, sort of in behind the strikers uh, and St Mirren didn't quite know where to pick him up and played some really good balls in um, both to Shaw and Camberry and I thought Gold looked second half looked decent I think you could see where he could be effective, I think um, he had a bit, a bit more physical strength than I was kind of expecting from him. I, I kind of half assumed yeah. the stereotypical <laughs> Ponzi European there getting yeah. shoved off the shoved off the ball, but he, he, it looked like he had something about him. And um, yeah, there was there was enough positives. Marshall made a couple of good saves, and um, as Tom said, the defence was not good, but. Yeah. But it would take that after the week there or a few days they've had. Yeah, I think Marciano being back for Hibs as well, it seems like a, a big step for them as well. It's, yeah. it's, it's sort of switching between Marciano and, and Bogdan as it is. But all the way throughout the season, even from the, the European games, Bogdan never at any point really filled me with confidence. Like, and Marciano has his faults. He is occasionally a bit slow to get down. Um, but the a couple of saves he made on, on, on Sunday I thought were absolutely spectacular as well they're really sort of understated but yeah. really powerful shots getting big hands behind them so yeah I thought through, he was through a crowd of bodies as well yeah. like, there was one one in particular I, don't, I can't remember who it was that hit from the edge of the box and it yeah. came through a crowd of bodies and it was close to him yeah. but that actually made it a much yeah. harder one to get his hands behind it yeah. Yeah. I mean it, t- it tells you something I think the number of goalkeepers that Hibs have had in that period where Marson has been out injured for periods of time they've had Cammy Bell playing for an incredibly brief period of time I always forget that Cammy Bell yeah, was yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it always seems like a real real yeah. surprise where did he spring from um, Laidlaw and uh, Bogdan and, and none of them have been able to just uh, doesn't give you so uh, yeah, I mean, it's not maybe been at his best over recent periods, but he's still better than what they've got. Uh, that Kevin McAllister chance, obviously, it's a huge chance and it proved to be the turning point in the game. Um, but I just wanted to talk very briefly about Marvin Bartley's caravan <laughs> <laughs> because, like, McAllister's not a big guy. Just sort of Bartley tries to edge him out, decks it, gets back up. But I don't think I've ever seen somebody move. I think even Bartley thinks that McAllister's <laughs> going to score. <laughs> Um, and it's like he's, he's not going to chase it back and then by the time Bartley sort of jog or sort of trotted back to the goal line he picks up the ball at his feet and just wanders off with it because <laughs> the, tr- the shot has been so slow that even Marvin Bartley with the, with the, the lack of pace that he's got in there it's just unbelievable I, I blew it I, I could not believe how slowly he was moving because obviously you know what you're watching the highlights you know what the score is how are they gonna how are they gonna fuck this up? <laughs> how are they not gonna score from this as it turns out exactly what happened? Um yeah, it was it was pretty spectacular and again the only other thing I had to add on on the game itself was that Hibbs kit is utterly appalling. It's, it's not even that sort of luminous um sort of it could be a cult kit at some mm. point. It's just horrible, it's offensive to yeah, look so at. Yeah, it is like a boring luminous kit which is pretty hard to do, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you made a boring luminous yeah. football kit like you play it green you play in green as well, so why have you made a luminous yeah. Again, fine, <laughs> fine, fine. Um, on Hibs, further to that, um, do we have any thoughts on this at all? <laughs> Andy's, Andy's rolled out because he's decided he's not speaking about Hibs anymore. Tom? Yeah, quite, quite a week for them. 
Uh, it's a bit like you could almost say again, like we've been saying, is Ollie Shaw good? Is Neil Lennon good? I mean, that's kind of been the 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 gist of it. I mean, we've we've he had an incredible run of results last year, and they're but it's, it, they've been bad this season. They've been bad. They're eighth, eighth, seventh, eighth. Um, they're, they're, they're a remarkable fall off in in form. There's been a couple of battles over transfer policy. Apparently, there's Neil Lennon refusing to come out and speak to the press. Like he has undoubtedly had amazing periods in his career where he's done good things and been this press presence where you know he's got people playing the way he wants to, and the football's been really exciting. But over the weekend, you would assume. Some of the things that were written about him, you would assume that it's like the end of the Ferguson era at Man United. (laughs) It it, it was like they're never going to be able to replace someone who's got them to eighth in the league. Like, no, great. Like, absolutely everything he did last season, and it was great. And everyone that was the casual observer can't have failed to be. It was fun. It was fun. It was so much fun. fun. And the way that they stacked the team with the tagging players, and you know, the 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 way they took it to uh, Rangers and Celtic. that was so much fun. This season, they have been bad. It Had there not been whatever the issue was last week, there would be a reasonably good case for Hibs looking to replace their manager mm-hmm. anyway, given the investment, given they've gone and invested again, given that he obviously wanted money and to, to strengthen squad yet again and has been allowed to do that. I, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's just a very, very odd situation to... the the the. The way that the situation's come about is weird. The fact that this is a situation I don't think is. No, I, there's similarities with Mourinho in a way with Lennon, and obviously not taking out the kind of football inside of it to, to a degree. But he's obviously he's a, a, a particular type of character. He's he is kind of a bit spiky Lennon, um, but he obviously is able to motivate, and you know Mourinho is best is able to motivate a group of players to achieve. Certain targets, yeah. yeah, yeah, and he's proven that over the successful periods of his career with Celtic and Hibs last season, for instance. He has proven that he is a good manager while things are going well, and is and is capable of if if he can get things on a, an uptick, he can keep things going for a period of time and, and keep that. And, and if it's a kind of battling against everyone else mentality that he sometimes maybe has to portray, then then he'll do that. Um, you know, whether it's against opposition or referees or whoever else, you'll kind of get that team spirit. The what happens though, it seems like when things start going badly and he can't seem to correct it, is that it sort of explodes. So, so it is, I suppose, in the opposite to Mourinho, where Mourinho gets very kind of downbeat and miserable and um, doesn't engage in anything, Lennon sort of seems to go the other way and, and kind of ramps things up. Um, and it is a sort of inevitable, you know, he, ever since. Uh, Parker kind of came out doing the post-match press conferences. It kind of seemed like it was going. It was only going to go one way. Things are um, going a bit awry. Yeah, uh, and it's yeah. It, it, as you say, the the likelihood is that if he couldn't turn it around, there's no Hibs would have had a justified reason to try and let him go in the Part first the place. Ways, yeah, yeah. I, I, but I, I did also think that one of the things that seems to have been overlooked with all this sort of analysis of it is Hibs were really good for Lennon. Like yeah. at the time that he took that job, he he tried down south. It wasn't, and you know there were there were circumstances that meant that that didn't work out. Yeah, the way it he was never going to be the right move. No, at the same the time, right. it still didn't no. go well. But it didn't go well. There wasn't going to be another job in England of the same kind of stature. 
um, the hip job came up. He did well for them, but even the the manner in which he's left gives him a, a, a story that's more than just we were eighth in the league and things yeah. weren't going mm. well. He's Hibs have been very very good for Neil Lennon's career. Had he had they justifiably sacked him, in my opinion, mm. I mean, they would have given him more time. But had things keep kept going yeah. the way that they they might have. They would have been justified in sacking him. Had that happened, then he doesn't. It's, it's very difficult for him to find another job at that kind of level. Yeah. Where does he go? Um, as it is, this story is there's more to it. Yeah. Yeah. But, then, but I think that's the that's the issue with when things are are going badly and he and he kind of acts the way that he appears to have been acting towards the players is that it's just. You know, if if the Lennon had been a very kind of placid manager, sort of, or generally upbeat type of guy, then get being eighth after the successful season you've had the last couple of seasons, you'd probably get away with you could you could do a yeah. Robinson in a way and kind of ride with it for a yeah, period yeah. of time, and things would probably right themselves eventually. And if they didn't, at least you'd be given a, a good period of time to do it. But because he's so combustible, and it's and it's not really saying it's a good or a bad thing, but it, it just seems to be a very combustible manager that that's all you, you don't get that period, you don't get yeah. an extra period because at some point. You've, you've, you know, you, you, you come to a limit of having a go at players and people in your team and your in the club. So that's it. eventually, you need somebody to back you up. Yes. And, and yeah. it kind of feels like there's a it's Martin Atkinson in the Edinburgh Evening News tonight saying that him and Camberry were strapping at one another after the Motherwell game, and Camberry went to Hibs and took all his stuff out his locker and told his agents that he wanted to leave. Like I, again, I presume because it's in the, because it's in the paper, I presume there's at least an element of truth in that. And at that point, Hibs then need to make a choice. Of, do, we've invested money in this guy, Camberry. Do we now want to essentially tear that up and say, well, we back the manager mm. when you're sitting eighth? Or do you back the player in which you've invested the money and in that you're expecting to make money out of in the future as well? So it's not only you losing money that you've invested already, you're losing money in the future as well. And, and presumably from a Hibs perspective, they can't really afford No, Nobody can afford to do that, really. Um, and it doesn't sound like it's just a clash of personalities either. It's not like... I think it would be, rightly or wrongly, it would be easy enough to for a different club to back a different manager if it was a clash of personalities. With it. But the way that things have panned out, it doesn't seem like that's the case and they've got justifiable reasons to part company. The, the interesting part of it is the fact that they've not actually parted company with them. Yeah, that well, is that's the, true. That's yeah. the, that yeah. is the interesting part of it, about what they're going to do and sort of why they've done it this way. Because yeah. they could have, you know... I guess there's some legal reasons why they can or they decided not to and maybe whatever happened wasn't enough to do it. I don't, I don't allegedly. Know. Yeah, it, allegedly. I'll just keep yeah, saying yeah, allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's strange in that way that you know football results are normally enough to yeah, let yeah, a manager yeah. go and, and even if they'd just done it on that basis and said actually, you know what? We're going to go a different way now. But but they haven't and it's, it's uh, that situation is odd and the fact that you know there's obviously well-connected journalists and they've, they've able to get bits and pieces out of it but nobody really seems to have a really clear picture of exactly what happened yet which is unusual but again for looking at the future if, if Lennon is to the part which seems likely as well surely the Hibs job is a very attractive job to have and the squad that they have just now is far, as you say far better than 8th place um, the players on paper are very good they could possibly do with a bit more um, of, of more fullbacks or, or, or different uh money invested in different areas of the team but certainly the bodies that have got at the very least are good enough to be second, third, fourth place in the league easily anyway uh, we'll move on from there um, 
Well done, Hips. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, we'll head to Celtic Park where Celtic defeated Hamilton Aki's 3 0 in. It's not quite routine, um, but uh, it looked like a classic Ryan Fulton day. Yeah, uh, really more than anything else. Yeah, they, like normally when you say they don't, Celtic don't have to try to win. It's because they just kind of like <laughs> stroll around, and sooner or later, their their vastly Somebody, yeah. superior quality will mean that someone will do something right, and a couple yeah. of people connect, and they'll score. And even if they're like in first year, fine. It's not quite so often <laughs> when they're presented with enough chances to, you know, they could have won this five or six without even really, not even trying. I mean, it's like they didn't even have to, players didn't even have to create an assist yeah. Yeah. for things to happen. Um, I, did, I, did, I, do, I do feel really bad for Fulton in a way as well, because as he made a series of very good saves, yeah. which he yeah. kept Halton in the game to begin with. And as well as that, if you're going to keep inviting shots like that on your goal, eventually you're going to be beaten, whether it's somebody catches it on this top corner or whatever else. Um, but also those are yeah. horrible. I mean, <laughs> really, yeah, really horrible. horrible. It's weird, if, if you're doing player ratings, you could argue for like a 7 out of 10 from him. You could, <laughs> yeah. because of the, because of the, I mean, you probably wouldn't, but because of the number of saves he made, you actually yeah. could do... It, it, it's sort of a defence were horrendous. Yeah, yeah, they, like, you know, they were giving yeah, the ball yeah, away yeah. and uh, just all over the place. But yeah, it, you you feel bad for him, but it was yeah. And that's, <laughs> sorry, that's, that's sorry. Not, essentially, first of all, is with Callum McGregor, um, who we can say put it through Fulton's legs. Um, yeah. I mean, that's not quite what happened, but we'll be kind and say that we put it through his legs. Um, we had Ryan Christie as well after. Fulton spilled a, a cross, uh, a shot which dropped out his feet and tapped it in. And then Scott Sinclair with another goal as well, um, with a header at the end. Um, yeah, again, I know we do this every week, but look at that Aki's lineup, that's really struggling. He's really, really struggling at that point. And it was something I mentioned in the last podcast that they've brought in Andrew, but the way the team had lined up, you've got Scott, Bo- or, um, Scott Stephen Boyd, sorry, yeah. Stephen Boyd and Tony Andrew are your two forward players. Who are very similar. Both of them have no interest, and both of them, or neither of them, want to go and play in the last man, or, or go. And neither of them are going to go. Certainly, Boyd is not going to go and challenge um, either of the Celtic centre halves, and he's not going to go up against Ayer or Benkovic because he's about half their size and he could eat him like a light snack. Um, but both of them want to come deep and hold the ball and then play off somebody. But there's nobody really for them to play off. It, Seems I don't know. Certainly seems like Rakesh Bingham's been let go by Aki's as well. There was chat that his contract's been paid up by them, so that essentially leaves them with Boyd, Andrew, uh, Keatings, who again really looks as if he's struggling at this level. He's a fine player and is capable of doing very good things with football, but again, it's not really what you're looking for. And then whatever Steve Davis is, um, I have no idea what Steve. <laughs> I've no idea what Steve Davis is. He, he didn't play a minute against Celtic, and I, I've not seen him yet. So he didn't look like the most mobile, athletic centre forward either. So really struggling with that too. And I just, I don't. I, I have no idea what it's what it's what it's what it's going to come from for Aki's. Yeah, I mean they they usually every season they usually find something from somewhere, and but they usually have a couple of players who are performing. They they always seemed to until this season they always seemed to have someone who had a run of five or six good games and then someone else would like pick up the baton yeah. and there'd be like little fits and starts of a player getting like five and seven games or something but 
the you look through the, the it's not unusual for you to look through the Hamilton squad and say that is the worst squad in the league. <laughs> but it's very unusual to look through their their squad or, or to look one. at their team and go they're they're playing the worst football in the league as well and you know they may well be able to pull something out of the bag in the in the last couple of days of the transfer. I mean, even it's unlikely that they'll be paying any fees and they'll be taking someone for free quite possibly in the coming weeks after that. But you look at how both St Mirren and Dundee have brought in players that immediately raised the level of yeah, where they, they are. They immediately look better than what they've got, and Hamilton don't. And yeah, they were playing Celtic. Yeah, the, the, you know you you kind of write that off and you say that the, they're going to have a, a anything they get from that is a is a bonus, but they just looked so toothless and so slack in defence. And Celtic could have, like I said, Celtic could have scored five or six without having strung a pass together. Yeah, it's it's not really analysis in the sense that it's got nothing to do with players or tactics or anything. But at the moment you are looking at Hamilton and going, your only hope is the fact that you're in this situation every single season. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's a it's a three way battle. There's nobody else in it. The lone players the Dundee and Samirin have brought in have looked to improve the team, but you don't know what the impact of losing week in, week out is gonna have on them and how often do you see that where you get a couple yeah. of guys coming in alone or a free transfer and look quite bright for a couple of weeks and as soon as they lose three or four games are you know just as useless yeah. So and the only thing that Hamilton have got going for them is effectively they've got a number of players that have done this season yeah. after season. They they don't have that person who looks like he'll score five or six goals in a spurt and, and do enough for them. But it's not going to take many points to actually yeah. finish the bottom this season. So they might... St- I don't see where it's coming from at the moment, but their, their only hope is the fact that they've been here so many times before and they know how to grind it out. And but, come the end of the season, given... The, like, if it's a three-way tie, like, if it's a three-way battle the way it seems to be and nobody looks like they're going to pick up a huge amount then post-split, yeah. it, it's basically you got a cup tie. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, uh, but at the moment, it's looking pretty bleak for them and it's very difficult to see where. Just uh, a little bit more on Celtic as well. I, again, obviously the way I started this game um, as a centre-forward, I, I, I wasn't sure whether it was because um, it had been an hour into the game and, and Aki's were knackered, um, but I thought Burke looked really good. Mm. Um, again, may well be very wrong on our initial guesses on Burke because again guesses but the the runs he was making just made Celtic look an awful lot more threatening he was very direct in all the things he was doing um, busting at the back line and just giving other people space to go and play in as well which ultimately I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of daft to suggest that maybe it made, it made all the difference because Celtic were going to win the game anyway but I thought he was he did look very sharp in, in a way which I wasn't really anticipating um, when he signed for Celtic so yeah really yeah. good and just one last thing for me on Celtic is the fact that Bain started again yeah. and that seems significant in the cup it doesn't you can't really tell much from yeah. from starting against Airdrie but starting in a, a league game again only against Hamilton but you do wonder if this is this seems to be his chance to dislodge Gordon and you know 
Yep. We know no Gordon's kind of flaws and um, Bain when he's come in has been pretty impressive. We had, uh, those kind of three amazing saves against Airdrie, <laughs> uh, all in a day. And I didn't have much to do at the weekend, but he does have a bit of a chance now to actually make that number one spot as well. I think as well, the only thing I've got noted down is uh, towards the end of last year, Celtic's bench started looking a bit thin. Mm, yeah. And players are coming back but also the, the players that they brought in means they ha- can start with Burt, Forrest, Beton, Semenovic, Gordon all on the bench all of whom would walk into any other team in the league yep. bar none uh, so we'll head to Tynecastle, um where it was Hearts 2 St Johnson 0 the goals from Marcus Godinho and Callum Morrison uh, so can Hearts win the league? <laughs> is it back on? Is it back on? <laughs> well, they, they, they played like they did at the start of the season, yeah. and um, St Johnston have rightly had plenty of credit. Um, but I mean, they've really not played since the winter break. No, they've really not woken back up again. They're doing that. St Johnston seem to go into a sort of hibernation at various points <laughs> this season, just sleep the walk their way through a, through three or four games, and then eventually they'll come back and start scudding people again. But yeah, very odd. Yeah, I mean the the only thing from the highlights, the the only kind of shot of note they had was a cutback that was lashed over the bar <laughs> from about thirty yards out. And I don't think you could really claim as a highlight. But Hearts looked like they completely bossed them, made lots of chances. Uh, I think the only real surprise was it took so long for them to score a second from the from the it, looks of it. It genuinely looked as if Michael Smith could have been sitting in a deck chair. Yeah, <laughs> with with, with uh, back and, and Bear obviously now back up to speed as well. Um, Beres, we have to show a bit of love for Beres' pass for Godinho's goal because it is outrageous mainly because of how casual he makes the whole thing like he's just sort of laid back just I'm going to put it right fucking there <laughs> and you can see Shockley as well Shockley's looking at Godinho he's, he's, tracked, he's, he's watched him come across him and you see Shockley look at him and realise that he's moving again and they, Ah, I know. And you see, like, he's, if, you, if you slow it down, it's like the um, Ralph Wiggum, you can see his heart break. It's like, ah, no. It's that exact pinpoint moment where he realises that he's taking a step, just a half a, a step too far forward his left foot. But it, it was a really good touch from Gardinho as well, yeah. actually, and a finish, um, especially given he's not a striker yeah. to do that. And maybe that was slightly lost. He's a maybe heart's player. Every heart's player is a striker. It doesn't matter what, but nominally, with your, every heart's player at some point is a striker. So yeah, the, the the ball was absolutely outrageous as well. But yeah, as I say Michael Smith's deck chair was, was a real highlight in the game. Um and as it turns out, Stephen Naismith is exactly the player that we all thought he was for Hearts as well. Yeah. Uh, spent the entire game um via Joe Sked um on the on on the internet. Um he was highlighting just Naismith you think Naismith's a future Hearts coach um, which I, I would not be miles away from surprise if that happens given the way that coaching seems to work at Hearts and that you get in then you're there and then you work your way within that um, so I'm looking forward to being Cowden Beastle manager, manager <laughs> on, on loan but yeah Naismith just tearing around the middle of the park demanding from everyone else demanding a higher, a higher quality of play from them and he just strikes me as the sort of guy that uses those like made-up American football phrases like the standard is the standard. Like, <laughs> what does that mean, Stephen? The standard is the standard, and that's just that's the end of it. There's no there's no debate. They're just you need to be better than, because the standard is the standard. Yeah, yeah. motivational quotes on his locker, right? <laughs> <laughs> terrifying people. I mean, it's, it's it's not really any surprise that Hearts look a bit more like Hearts now. They've got that core with Naismith. Um, 
you say Graham Souter coming back, yeah. Berra getting back up to fitness, Jim and Leo all in there. I mean, you had players like Gadinho and Mulraney who have been Mal- either. Mal- 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 that's what I mean. You've, he's they've been poor, especially Mulraney when he's come in. But having that core sort of takes the pressure off those guys a bit, yeah. and, and they they were good, but. Hearts just look so much more like them, and they've just got that kind of solid spine. They can they can flit around players in between it, but so long as they've got those guys in, they seem to do fine. It's almost like it wasn't a huge mystery that losing all your good players <laughs> yeah. made you yeah. less good. Yeah. <laughs> like, can, we, can we trade like a Jake Mulraney and a, and a Marcus Godinho for one Stephen Naismith? Like just like start doing um, sort of cult rituals and stuff like that, which I presume happens in Castle anyway. So yeah, fine. Uh, any more for any more on us? No, they're just they, they're only four points, but four points off fourth, so they're back in it. Yep, good. Um, that leaves us two to go. So we've got uh, Dundee nil, Motherwell one, uh, with a penalty from David Tumble, which which won the game. Um, once again, as mentioned at the start of the show, Rory Deacon's really upset about it, which is great. <laughs> really, really terrific stuff that Rory Deacon once again thinks that Motherwell have uh, have stiffed Dundee for once. Right, I think he. Doesn't really have. I wouldn't say like a, a great claim to that this time, but this is probably the closest it's come to being slightly unfair. But again, Dundee had one shot on target. They had fifty-five percent possession. They had eight corners to Motherwell's one. Eight shots off target to Motherwell's two. But they had one shot on target over the entire throughout the entire game. Um, had a number of chances and didn't take them. Um, so I kind of have limited sympathy for them. I mean, Motherwell have. Motherwell now have six consecutive wins against Dundee. So. Just get back up in the mantelpiece, because <laughs> that's that's where you belong. Um, yeah, Motherwell was fine, absolutely fine. And the, the goal came from the the best bit of play in the game. And Grimshaw looked up, looked up at Maine, who put it to Turnbull, who put it to Campbell, who put it to Freer, who was absolutely cleaned out by Ryan Innes. Mm-hmm. So I can't lay his head. kind of limited sympathy for them. <laughs> they, yeah, I, I think um, the the fact, at least for Dundee, is that. The positives that they've had with the new guys in haven't completely disappeared as a result of that result because no. the performance was okay. Um, I mean, um, Nelson, who looked uh, in the previous game, missed a really good chance that he should have scored he, when he was through. But. He took a, a very heavy yes. knock to the head, uh, which again, look, again, I, I feel like we could continue to talk, start, continue to talk about this and that players getting knocks to the head and then continuing to play football isn't a great look. Um, but he took a really heavy knock to the head it wasn't long after that he got that chance and like, when he came off initially I don't think he knew what, what his name was yeah. I think he still played for Falkirk <laughs> um, but yeah he looked like he was really struggling um, and then ended up back on but yeah, yeah you're, you're entirely right and the Dundee looked better just still blunt yeah Nelson looks at least he knows how to score a goal as opposed to Sophie Russo who doesn't look he actually looked like he's playing football for the first time yeah, yeah, yeah. so we shouldn't be too harsh on him you've got two guys up front who can play centre forward. That's basically. I mean, you know, Curran is fine, like I mentioned yeah. on Thursday. So you've you've got people up here there who are capable of scoring or at least causing defenders more problems. And yeah. even if they are not scoring, then it might leave the way for some of the other guys coming in. But yeah, uh, I, I mean, McIntyre was frustrated about how they didn't manage to put anything away, but. I see yeah. they, they struggled as well to a degree. Jesse Curran going off after about two minutes. Um, with some kind of muscle strain I'm not a doctor or so I have no idea but he went, he went off and Rory Deacon came on to put on put in 
what was like an all-time bad performance from, from <laughs> a Scottish football. I know, we, I know we made a lot of jokes about Marcel Deacon in the, the Betfred Cup semi-final, but this is right up there in terms of just failing to track men, failing to run, firing a shot straight at the keeper, which is their only shot on target. Just rubbish. Really, really poor stuff. Um, was not just wasn't at it at all. And it, 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 I felt kind of bad for the rest of the Dundee players because all of them, possibly with the exception of Ennis, were right at it and were doing everything they possibly could. Um, and he was just a passenger, um, which seems very un-Jim McIntyre, um, to be honest. Um, but yeah, Motherwell made, had the best move of the game, scored the only goal of the game, um, so good. I was very pleased. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, like, again, Dundee, all the players they've brought in, I think we said before, look like an improvement, much in the same way as St Mirren. And again, coming back to Aki's, like we said, everyone else is improving and they're, they're going backwards, if anything, so... A struggle for them. I think as well, not just that the players that Dundee have, but like with, with St Mirren, I think they look like they've bought in much better quality and haven't quite figured out yeah. what mm-hmm. they're going to do with yeah. them yet. Dundee look like they know what they're going to do with them, just those players haven't yet done it yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, like, I mean, uh, Dundee look like they have a plan in terms yeah. of what they want yeah. to do. Like yeah. the, um, I thought the, the boy on loan from Scunthorpe, Andy Dales, looked yeah. useful, quick. Still made a lot of wrong decisions, yeah. but was like he caused a lot of he had a sort of chaos factor to him. He just kept running, like yeah. he, he bombed down the left hand side or bombed down the bombed down the wing, cut inside, and then what he, if you just hit it across there, you got a chat, but he just kept turning back on himself and running back towards <laughs> the center circles. It was a big like loop <laughs> he was doing and just kept on running. Which again, if they figure out quite what to do, and, and once he's been there for a bit longer, just hit somebody in the middle mm. and have a go at it. But yeah, it was um, it was it was it was it was a an attritional game. I think is the, is the kindest thing to say about it. But yeah, back at Manor as I said, <laughs> uh, which leaves us uh, speaking of attritional games, Aberdeen no, Kilmarnock no, as is tradition. Fair enough, they each go at the end. Um, like the crap matches and match of the day. It was a crap match. <laughs> it was a crap match. <laughs> it was like I'm trying to pick this up in as much way as possible. It was like the sort of. Mourinho title matches when he has to deal with the title <laughs> contender and he just goes and shuts it down and he knows that and maybe Steve Clark's learned, learned a thing or two there uh, just knowing it doesn't matter don't drop points it was it was pretty terrible I think there was a lot of fear about it both teams looked quite restrained by just not wanting to lose until the last like the last 15 minutes Aberdeen had a bit more of a go at didn't really have anyone left. They they they're kind of crying out for a wee bit more creativity, a wee bit more pace, um, because they didn't seem to be able to raise the raise the raise the game at all and take it to Kilmarnock. Even in the last you know the last ten minutes when Kelly were down a man, um, I don't think either side will be massively disappointed. Uh, but given both Rangers and Celtic won, it's not great for anyone hoping to keep a title challenge up. Yeah, you you, there, you do wonder in terms of I think for Ab, if you were, if I was an Aberdeen fan, you would maybe be more expecting a title challenge on the basis that you've been the second best team in the league for a number of years. Whereas Kelly, it still seems like quite a novelty yeah. to to yeah. be up there, and it, you get the sense of that maybe from kind of seeing what fans were talking about afterwards. Where Aberdeen fans were kind of seemed frustrated that Kelly weren't coming out and mm. trying to have a go. Whereas Kelly fans seemed fairly content to the fact that they actually went to Petodre and got a 0-0 draw even if they didn't have that many chances and if I was a Kelly fan 
I would think that's all right. You know, Aberdeen was it seventeen wins in twenty-two meetings uh, that they've had. There is yeah. a, this, a, this, is, this is a massive improvement. Yeah, 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 they didn't give yeah, away yeah. two league goals. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I, it's not easy going to Petardry, and you've lost Stuart, who you're obviously going to be worried about. He's going to come back to haunt you. That doesn't happen. Um, you know. Yeah, eventually go down to 10 men as well. You managed to ride out without any great drama. I think it's fine. You know, you're not going to go away from home and trade blows every time. And I think Clark showed Aberdeen the respect they probably deserved over the last couple of months. Uh, and, I, you know, for them, a draw is fine. It's, you know, Clark did say it's all about just making sure we're getting in the top six at the moment. If they get anything else, it's a happy yeah. coincidence. He might be saying something differently to the players, but yeah. to be honest, I'm not. I'm not sure he is. Uh, I, I, if they, you know, they just keep doing the same thing, and if they happen to still be second or third coming into March, then they can look at it. And, and, and Kelly are ahead. You know, Kelly are ahead. Yeah. a couple of points ahead of Aberdeen, so it's, 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 it's it doesn't matter who they're chasing. Yeah, so it's yeah. on whoever's yeah. behind them to do something with it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, they'll be they'll be very happy with it, um, especially the last playing the last few minutes with. With ten men, and I was so convinced Greg Stewart would score. Yeah. Like, like I'm still slightly disbelief that he didn't because it just it had these things always happen, but this particularly had to happen, but it didn't. Excellent. So that rounds us off for the week. Uh, we are off to record the Patreon, where we're going to discuss times that we got it wrong. Um, I think specifically about players rather than just times we were wrong. <laughs> that would be, that'd be a long, 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 long podcast. <laughs> uh, so we'll be heading to, off to do that. You can sign up for that at uh, patreon.com slash tennis podcast, um, which will be magic. So thanks very much, Tom. Thank you. Thanks very much, Andy. Thank you. Uh, see you all soon. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish football periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk Sports Social Podcast Network